Swan, Pendlebury, Swan, bursting through Swanee. He's kicked his third. He's made a difference in the Premiership quarter. Welcome back to the Premiership quarter. Mus, good to be with you. Highly anticipated episode. Not a lot to talk By about no this one, week. I oh, believe. Really? Not, I, well, not, yeah, no. Maybe me, I guess. Yeah. Um, but well, we're going IGTV this week. We're IGTV, big transition. Um, yeah. Big turning point. A lot of people are listening to this first introduction, I'd say. Yeah. So better make it interesting. Yeah, correct. Um, plenty to go through. Uh, Gold Coast Richmond, first game up Thursday night. Uh, um, I feel bad for anyone that got on Sportsbet for this because I actually was considering throwing a hundred bucks on Richmond here. I mean, I was considering. No one saw this coming. I. I but then I, I plugged in a hundred bucks into the bet slip. Did or you? whatever I been to you know, the bed entry. I plugged a hundred dollars in, and my payout was a hundred and five dollars. Oh right. And I thought, all right, well, you know, I like five dollars, but not I don't like five dollars enough to risk a hundred. And what if Tuk Miller has a thousand possessions in a quarter? And that's what he did. Gee, that man is impressive. He's a bull. He's a contested bull. They they say he's the best runner in the competition. They say he actually ran out of the womb. At birth. You reckon he's better than Sam Walsh in terms of being a runner? Yeah. I'd say, yeah. Oh, really? At this stage, yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit respectful, disrespectful to Tuke to say Walsh is better than him because Tuke's been doing it for a bit longer. Walsh is good, but Tuke's a bit stronger, I'd say. Mm. Um, It's not even Sam Walsh. I think he plays a different role. But Walsh, the thing is, when Walsh gets to 25, he'll be a Brownlow medalist probably already. Mm. So, I mean, I'm not saying Walsh isn't as good of a player. I'm saying that, you know, at his stage in his career, he's playing a slightly different role, sometimes an outside mid. But anyway. I think Tuke has been sort of disrespected in a way that everyone's just saying he's underrated, underrated. I think people actually Correct. now are saying to rate him. Yeah, I think saying someone's underrated is just a, is just a reverse way of saying... No, I'm really... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a, it's a backhanded compliment, almost. Yeah. But, like... He's been doing this for a while, but it's because he plays for Gold Coast. You know, no one up there gets mm. the, the respect they deserve unless you unless you're Matt Rowe mm. and you're like a cult figure. No one gets the respect they deserve. Hugh Greenwood, Noah Anderson, like Noah Anderson averaged like 25 possessions so far throughout his career, almost. Yeah. Like I swear, every game he's you know he's up there in the possession count. He's dominating the uncontested and sometimes in the contested ball. Yeah. His name's not in the conversation for many things though. What's, it, what's um, actually quite interesting is that Tuke's actually looking to sign on for another three years, supposedly. Well, I mean, the thing is... Which is sort of He's good getting for, money for the Suns. A lot of, we, we know that a lot of the players get money to stay in the Gold Coast. It's, it's unfortunate, but they have to they have to draw them in somehow. Mm. That's the, how else do they attract well, the could players? Could this be the start of something where they won't actually have to be paying to well, draw them in? You never know. <sighs> Well, I mean, well, we don't know what's in yeah. signed. If he's playing at the rate he is, he's going to get a big contract. Yeah. He's 25 years old. He's yeah. at that free agency age. Yeah, I'm saying for Gold Coast. I'm pretty general, sure he's about to go in. Players going to want to go up there if they continue. Like, I don't know if this was Richmond's. Really depends. This current, this current, uh, this current era of Gold Coast players, the potential is there. It's just whether they can keep them there. Mm. You know, if, if one of them starts to go, it's a domino effect, just like with Stephen May, Tom Lynch. Um, there was one other guy that left, um, one of their other captains. Oh, no, I can't remember. Swallow. No. No. Um, anyway, I forgot the name. But um, they had almost like an exodus of leadership players yeah. at, at one time, and that just takes the soul out of the club, and you've got to start again. Now they're getting into a better position, given two years 
those players that got drafted two or three years ago will be in their third, fourth years of their careers. Then they really, that's their time. Mm. So for Gold Coast, this is the beginning of something. But, you know, this is a sort of win, you know, however pathetic and, you know, decrepit Richmond are looking like on the field at the moment. This is a sort of win that can stimulate some success at a club. Yeah, because, it gives you hope. Because I, I don't turn on the TV for Gold Coast games very often. Mm. That's just something. Like, I'll look at the Gold Coast game and be like, yeah, cool. They're down 40 points, game's over. Like, I'm not really that interested. Yeah, we'd just rather be out there for a holiday, really. Yeah, well, yeah, that's still yet to be determined. Um, supposedly yeah. Orange Zone. Orange. Orange Zone. Right, so what does that mean? Test. Well, I don't know what that means. I really, we think we should... Well, we probably should have done a bit more research into this. Colors, well, we, colors really weird. Yeah, there's yeah, some sort of rainbow scheme of sorts. Right. Red zone, orange zone. Oh, right. Are we even in a zone? I don't think Melbourne. We're fine. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Okay. Well, we're green. We're in, is that what? Is it like a traffic light system of sorts? Well, I'd say that red's bad. Green. Well, if we apply the traffic light analogy, then orange would mean slow down. Or if it's safe, continue through. That's that. There you go. If it's safe, continue through. But it's I also saying it's about to turn into a red zone. <laughs> so I may as well just put a line through the whole about 40. Probably. Um, yeah, Gold Coast, Richmond, 10-point margin. Marvel Stadium, I think it was? Or no, was it the G? Um, it was It was Marvel, Dimmer's favourite stadium, um, where supposedly Richmond fans don't rock up to. They didn't rock up last week either. Um, that includes the players. Uh, mm. Not just the fans; the, the actual half the team didn't show up. It would seem um, because this was just a this was a disaster. I think the only player that did show up was Lynch, who kicked five, seven yeah, scoring shots. Correct, but still, him he, coming back that, that coincided coincided with Coleman Jones having one of the worst games, and um, and uh, Rewalt as well, who, <laughs> who who's kicked one goal three. So I it mean, it says a lot that you're freaking. Your, your full forward can kick 5-2 and you can't get over the line. Mm, That's no, pretty... No, it's 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 disastrous. Dangerous. No, no it, was, it was it was a disastrous game for Richmond. They just, they look lost. Like a, a lot of players are underperforming, right? Yeah. And I heard this the other day, I think it was uh, from maybe Matthew Lloyd or Kane Corn or something like that. They say, you know, when your good players play well, mm. you, it's good for the team. Like it's, it seems so obvious, but it's true. Like you can't have your $1.3 million player, Dustin Martin, having a goal and 23 touches. Like, he needs to be having a goal and 30 touches. That's because that's where his pay is. That, that's the sort of performance his pay is demanding of him on yeah. a week-and-week-out basis. Now, he was all right. But, you know, Shea Bolton not touching the ball as much. Trent Cotchin is just not damaging with the ball at all at the moment. And Liam Baker is good, but he doesn't have the size. Um, and players like uh, Edwards, I think he got injured. Um but even when he wasn't injured, he wasn't doing much. And then, put simply, they just don't have anyone else there to carry them through. Yeah, I think some of those new players, those youngsters, aren't really meshing well with... Have a look at Jack Graham. He, he, they, they, you know, we've seen he can have a goal on 30 touches. He had a goal on eight touches the other day and four tackles. That's mm. not enough. So a lot of players playing poorly and the belief's not there. And, I I mean, people were saying the dynasty's over. I now agree with them after this. I think this was the, the final nail in the coffin. You can, mm. and you can put it down. And the thing is... Does that mean that that opens up another spot in finals? It yeah. does. But I don't think this is, you know, whilst, yeah, it's, it, it may be the end of a dynasty, I don't think this is a bad thing. History shows that you can't keep a dynasty going for more than four years. Hawthorne yeah. had, like, three or four years. Brisbane had the same amount in Geelong, right? Geelong and this is just good. continue to... 
any club should be any club you know when they're in the midst of the dynasty they, they know that all good things come to an end mm. and it can't stay it can't be like this forever you know you know you can't win a premiership every single year Dusty can't win the Norm Smith every single year and it's likely now that we might not see the Tigers win for another while now if they rejuvenate and they get back in props to them it'd be incredible but history shows that they're it, you know it's just like the stock market goes up it's bound to come down um, it, it, it works in the exact same way mm. Um, uh, and I, I think we're seeing a, a slippery slope impending for for the Tigers. But you know, full credit to them creating one of the most successful dynasties in a long time. But that Gold Coast played well. Career performances from Ben Ainsworth, uh, Brandon Ellis, as always, put an honest performance. Lacocious, right? Twenty been solid. Get rid of this, right? So twenty four disposals. They say he's that you know one of the best kicks in the competition. Twenty four disposals. 23 kicks. That's crazy. So, you so see... meters gained... Would be off the charts. Correct. So, it's just... He's he's damaging with that's, the with That's the, the difference that's, yeah. with... Um, and Mitton Mitchell and things correct. like that. Yes. He, he's damaging with the ball. And, yeah. that, and it also shows that they know... He knows his role, mm-hmm. right? He's not going to get the ball and dish off by hand. They get it to him. So I'd he say Cripper does that a lot too. You if, know, if you see Cripper take a mark... you got to know your role. Um, it's Mark hand down. Look for someone running past. I think that's a Carlton now, game plan. Look, look, there's nothing necessarily wrong with a, with a with a, a mark and a handball receive and a play on. Right, yeah. gets the game moving quickly. Yeah, it, it stops the defense from setting up. Never really looks to kick. It stops and the defense from setting up. But you're right. It's a, it seems like it's an, a running issue where yeah. we'll talk about it more later. But it seems like it's a running issue where he he actually looks for a handball over a kick, mm. and when he's running, when he's with the ball running, yeah. He's looking for a hand. If he doesn't find it, he's not going to kick the ball. He gets caught. And we've seen a, a lot lately where Cripps is trying to take on too many and he gets caught. Well, I think he's been playing better. He's been playing with a niggle, supposedly. Oh, that's all this is. His whole bloody career is there with a niggle, yeah. right? And have you seen the blood? He's strapped up like Chris Jones. Uh, literally. Yeah, he's it's like, ridiculous. It's all over him. You think he's just come off the Kokoda trail? Yeah. Far the out. looks ridiculous. Um, Friday night, Geelong, Essendon. I think out of GMHBA. Yeah. This was a good... There was... Um, it looked like it had a packed-out crowd. It was a good game for me. I thought it was. Up until the third quarter, it was pre- three-quarter time, it was pretty tight, and then Geelong blew it out, as they so often do. Hawkins with six. Talent. He's, he, he's... For me, he's the best forward in the competition. Again, you've got, what, 10 goals from those three yeah. key forwards of Geelong, and, and that seems to be... And Jeremy lethal. Cameron went off with an injury, I think, yeah. in the second quarter. So we've received word that... He's out for three weeks. Yeah, then look, we'll, we'll discuss that as well later. That that that's really questionable, right? So he's gone on. He's had three goals into the second quarter. So Geelong, in my opinion, have the two best forwards in the competition, pound mm. for pound, Hawkins yeah. and Cameron. But Buddy Franklin would probably be a third, along with Harry, uh, Mackay, um, yeah. who's probably the best in form, right? But yeah, these guys are still better. Um, because they've proven it over a long period of time. But Jeremy Cameron had a niggle beforehand. The, the medical, the medico said, yeah, he's he's feeling a bit tight. And so Cameron just thought that was just regular. But he's done his hammy twice this year, and now he's done it a third time. Surely, if you've done it twice in one calendar yeah. year, you don't go onto the field if you're feeling you a bit of soreness. You're he hasn't trained all year. Did you hear about this? Jeremy Cameron? Yeah. Oh, have you not? This, this thing, He hasn't actually done a training session all year. This is his first week back of training. Because of the niggle. Right. He's had it all year. What do you and mean? He's been playing. Yeah, yeah. He's been playing. He's been playing. He just doesn't train. Just preser- okay. to preserve himself. So well, he's well, not- yeah, he probably just does light conditioning. 
Yeah, so what what happens is like so right he explained like in an that. interview no contact outside, outside of the club. No, no, I'm dead serious. He didn't train. He hasn't been training. Right. He explained in, in in an interview outside the club that he hasn't been training and that um his new gym program sees him get sore in both hammies. So he's probably doing a lot of Nordic work. With right. A lot of hammy stuff. Right. But that that says a lot about how actually severe this injury is. He can't actually train. Mm. Well, the and thing is, when he, he up. when he gets on the field, he's he's probably the most damaging pound for pound forward in the comp. Even one of the most damaging players, imagine he was the most highly paid. Imagine uninjured. Well, exactly. So We've seen he can kick six, injured. five goals. He's up near the common. So, but this, they, they, I don't think they should have sent him on. No, they, they shouldn't. Have. He's injured. He's, yeah, he's injured. He's injured. He's been you know? injured for the majority of the season. Geelong's got the numbers to keep them up where they are without him. They can... Yeah. Hawkins can take the reins. Rowan can take the reins. Um, and, yeah, Grian Meyer seems to be back into form. Two goals. Played well. But let's just... Let's let's have a look at the midfield battle, right? Parrish is now a Brownlow contender. Mm. He won the medal for the best on ground. A goal in 43. Clearance. It's just insanity for me. Um, they... I think the one thing he does need to improve on with his game, and I've seen this in the media, is his kicking. Some of his kicking is not as damaging, but if he fixes that, he's the complete Brownlow player and threat. Um, Dangerfield, a goal in 37. Four tackles, back to his best. He was insane. So that was a great midfield battle. Zach Merritt as well. With seven Joel tackles. Selwood. So it was, very, it was a very contested game. Jake Stringer, to me, however, is, is going to pose a bit of a problem here for Essendon because... Their their contract talks have broken down. He refused his his parties refused their recent contract offer. If you have a look on the weekend, he kicked three goals, one and had twenty five touches and five tackles. For me, if I look at that stat line, that to me looks like an eight hundred thousand dollar player, right? Him for the past three oh, weeks, for the past three to four weeks, he's been an eight hundred thousand dollar player. But I'm just interested to see can he keep this form up? If he does, then. Unfortunately, Essendon then have to pay him. Then he actually will get offers from other places if he's if he's playing that well. Mm. Like if he's just turned a corner, like he's got himself in better Who physical has the shape space for him. Oh, the club Essendon has the space. Essendon has a salary. Don't want to pay him. Well, you know, you wouldn't want to pay him. You wouldn't want because then that would, you know, it it would inhibit you a little bit. You know, we've had Zach Merritt sign on, so I guess that probably reduced their cap space Parish a little bit. Look at a million dollars. That's a good point, Parish, who actually. He's still very young, and therefore is going to walk into a big contract. When did McGrath last sign? Because he's worth about eight hundred. There's him as well. They'll be paying Shield a fair bit. Now that I think about it, it will add up with the yeah. Parish contract. So they can't probably sign him on for eight hundred thousand. Cox will sign on, but so it would they'll, be a, they'll, they'll start to snap up these young players as well. Well, you're right. Like what North but, the, but the problem is, it's going to be a big problem. Three. It's going to be a big problem for Stringer because if if he's on their team, they're very damaging. He would be a big loss. Because he's one of those, it, you know, they compare him to Dugowie. Mm. I think they're very two alike players, both at the peak yeah, of their powers at the moment, both playing really well. Because what they do is they've got the strength f- to basically sit in the midfield and, and when the ball goes up to storm out of the centre with the clearance, kick forward or kick a goal on the, off their own boot. Right? They have that sort of flair. And they're both, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that it's going to present a bit of a problem here, I think, for Essendon. But... Geelong, still very well played. Guthrie, the only question, had a very poor game. Um, so he'll be looking for a return to form. Surprise of the weekend, um, Melbourne GWS. Huge. This is Huge this is really interesting, right? This is going to be interesting, I think, for now. After it, last week's loss, mind you, I think against it's, the Hawks. It's, yeah, well, it's getting concerning for Melbourne supporters, right, who thought they were 
I think everyone would have agreed three weeks ago they were in a premiership window. Right? They were undefeated. 10-0, and zero, right? They've now lost to two pretty... And we thought maybe the loss to Adelaide was an anomaly, right? Yeah. Um, right, or an aberration. Now they've lost to Collingwood, right? Another team near the bottom. And now they've lost to GWS. Yeah. That's three losses in around th- four rounds. They are That's now... That, that gap they had of two wins on the rest of the competition is now elapsed. And if they lose this weekend, they could end up fifth on the ladder. Mm. Now they will make finals. That's no, there's no doubt about that. But if after all their hard work this season, they don't finish in the top four and get the double chance, I reckon that's one of the most yeah. embarrassing things you could ever see happen to a club. A great fall from grace. Um, you know, I, 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 in this game, I, it didn't even look like Melbourne even had a chance. Well, they're, 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 they're they, not damaging up forward. That no, yes, you're right, but. If we look at the worm, GWS maintained their lead throughout the, the worm. entire game. Brilliant. The entire game. Well, that Melbourne did not make an impact. No impact. They're, they're lucky to have finished nine points behind. The all-meat diet of Tom McDonald is starting to catch up with him. Yeah. He needs to invest in some spinach and asparagus. Really? Um, well, clearly, because he's, he's not damaging on the scoreboard. Do they bring in, um, what's his name? Brent Brown. Mm. Well, I don't know, but Wiedemann... Change it up. Wiedemann didn't work for them, and he went out of the team. He was very, very underwhelming despite dominating the VFL, which I guess sometimes shows you how the difference between the VFL and the AFL. I think we often forget what the difference is. Yeah. You see AFL quality players dominate in the VFL, and then they come up and they're just, you know, they, 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 they're right they back. And they're thrown in the deep end straight away. They, they can't compete. Right? It's a whole other level. So, yeah, I think Melbourne's got real forward problems at the moment. Pickett is... Um, is experiencing a real drop in form, like a cataclysmic drop in form. He's falling right, right off a cliff. Right off a cliff. You kick one goal, four touches. That's not enough. No way. Right? No one. That's not. That's not enough of a presence. People comparing him to Charlie Cameron, Silrioli. No, not even close. Mm. Um, those guys are consistent three, four, five goal threats. Pickett's. You know that that form he had at the start of the season. It's dropped off a cliff. And I think now a lot of the Melbourne players are worried, and they should be. Gorn is not as impactful. We saw him lose the ruck battle to Max Lynch from Collingwood, the VFL ruckman. Mm. And he's arguably lost this battle as well to Shane Mumford. He, he had nine less hitouts against Shane Mumford, a guy the mummy. who spends probably half his week on the couch. <laughs> right? That's no disrespect to Shane Mumford, but he looks like a part-time ruckman, and he's a part-time ruckman. He's a mentor, for heaven's sake, for Matt Flynn. Yeah. And Max Gorn can't get the job done. It's a disaster. I know they're playing Twin Towers with Max Gorn and, and Luke Jackson, but come on, man. Like You're the captain of the club. You've got to be better. Clay, Clayton Oliver um, and, and Petrarca are still playing very well. But, yeah, we, they've got to look and sort it out, right? Stephen May and Jake Lever are still playing well, but if they go make the finals, what the hell? But GWS... No, big ups. They're going to make finals. Big ups to Great Western Sydney. You, you just, you just as a Melbourne supporter, you haven't really got confidence in them to take on a top eight team mm. now and, and beat them and move through mm. well, with that double chance. Well, GWS lost to Hawthorne. They drew with North Melbourne. Their finals, they, they, they should be three games inside the eight right now and around fourth or fifth. But they screwed themselves. Over. But this game may have reignited them. Tim Taranto is an A grader. Mm. That's that's there's no debate on that. I think he's a he will be a top ten player in the competition for yep. a long time. Um, Toby Green, 
is doing well as the captain of the club. He's got to remain the captain of the club. He steadied the ship after they went down th- yeah. three, 0-3 this season. He's got them back into finals. Um, three goals, right? He's, he's just damaging. Um, Josh still, Kelly yeah. has got himself back into form. We're still waiting for a return of... Kniggs. Um, Kniggs. Well, he's playing, he played in the VFL. He played in the VFL. Potentially this week, he's just on a test. The que- well, the, 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 the question is, do you keep him out? I would say... Um, no, yeah, I I keep him out for another week. Oh, hundred percent, I keep him out. There's no there's no need to rush him back in. If they can get that win against Gold Coast, solidify their spot in the A. Play Sydney the week after, then you're in a good spot. But yeah, no big ups to them. They they, they they've been in Melbourne, stuck in Melbourne, away from their family. They played with real grit. Tom Green, rising star, I think now over Nick Cox, had 25 touches. Beast. Um, come back off a drop, off off an omission, I think. Uh, Adelaide, Brisbane, this was just really just... Predictable, but yeah, I think um, Laird had another ripper game. The thing, is with, Rory, the thing is with Rory Laird, he's, he's a contested beast, he's a clearance beast. Yeah. He's very small though, right? Yeah. So there's only so much he can actually do. Mm. Like, and when I say small, I mean he's, he's, he's significantly smaller than a lot of the other players. So he can't do what a Dustin Martin and a Christian Petrarca and a Marcus Bonampelli do. He can't go up forward. Yeah. He, he, he literally yeah. will get sh- like sent into the stratosphere by a, a, by a big rover. defender. Yeah, he's rover. a small rover outside mid, yeah. runs his head off, mm. right? But there's only so much he can do. He needs That needs to be paired I thought, with other big body midfielders. Yeah. I thought what was really impressive um, by the Lions this week was just their, their pressure around the footy. Like you've got your... Zorko and Lyons both laying 12 and 10 tackles respectively which is you don't see that often you see maybe 7 as a max well a Zorko game. usually has 20 or so touches a game he adapted when he wasn't having as good of a game about to half time he was playing pretty ordinary yeah. but he was tackling Yeah, he was still he was still running maybe they've sort of switched out the roles Lyons is just an absolute beast he's just a beast right now he's top 10 in the comp yeah. right now easy yeah. for sure but um, maybe that isn't a new game plan for Brisbane ferociously tackling like they, they literally did have four players above seven tackles, which is normally a player high. Um, Correct. A game high for a player, sorry. So that's impressive. No, well, the thing, yeah, Dane Zorko, um, criminally underrated, 200th game this weekend. Uh, he's been a great captain for the club, just put them into premiership contention. Brisbane, they have to be considered um, yeah, a premiership uh, yeah. favourite alongside Geelong. Yeah. They have to be. I, I don't see how they could possibly not make the finals. They're firing on all cylinders now. Zach Bailey... This guy is the he's, next Dustin Martin, in my just, opinion. I'm going to make that call. He's a beast. Um, I, if you know, uh, he, he is just ridiculous. Three goals, 26 touches. He just he, he's a stoppage beast. He gets the ball, uses his body to the dusty, dance, dusty like frame, danced around, danced. In that, in that, he did the tango, goal. the Argentinian. I can't remember which goal it was, but he, and he and he, 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 he picked up the, the clearance at around seventy meters out, yeah. and then just sort of shimmied his way yeah. into the forward fifty, and then sent in the, into the second row. Um, Some quality play. Old Jeff with the pie caught in his right hand, but it was yeah, it was it was a good game. Lincoln McCarthy four goals, sixteen touches. Maybe career best game for him. Mm. Um, Brisbane, solid form. Well. Neil, not even playing. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. No, there you is some solid form. Got the brown line medalist out of your team and you're, you're putting on performances like this, clinical performances like this, then I think you're deservedly premiership favourites. Um, yeah. Correct. Freo Carlton, interesting. Justin Longmuir still can't beat the Blues. Still can't beat the Blues. What is it? Four, four times straight he's played them? I think so. Yeah. 
And Teague hasn't lost to the, bizarre, to the in, since he started coaching. So, um, continues that run of form. But, <laughs> you, um, you imagine David Teague in front of the review that's a, what, he speaks to review. No, I haven't lost to Freo. No, you can't find I me. Lost you can't find me. I haven't well, lost to Speaking Freo. of the review, I think Teague has had two solid weeks of footy to, to back him up. Mm, um, yeah. I mean, there's the Pat, Paddy Cripps signing as well for unders. Yeah, has done him has done the club a, a world of good. Shows this, like you know, you see that sort of passion for your captain. Like, yeah. like, it's just, if I was play, if I was you know a sort of middle tier player at the Blues, and I saw mm. my captain do that, I'd yeah. be like, I want to play for him. Yeah, I want to play for him. You know, if he's if he's going to allow us all to, he's going to allow us to bring on other players. Someone I want to play for. Now the yeah. Blues aren't going to win this week. You um, reckon against Geelong? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not I, I agree with you. Um, but it's the it's the one game in the next five games that they can we can sadly say the Blues will lose. But yeah, the, the next. But at the same there's, time, there's still the mathematical. All I'm going to say is this: if the Blues win this weekend, then they are officially back in finals contention. Well, we, we're so, currently in finals contention. That's the thing. Well, well mathematically, just, we are. Yeah, yeah. I, I think out of the teams, you know, Richmond, Frio, St Kilda, Essendon, and Carlton, you're probably at the bottom of that. But, um. You know, if I'm David Teague, I'm sitting here going, all right, well, we know we're, we're a bit of out of our league this weekend. Yeah. You're playing with no pressure on your backs to win, whereas mm. the past couple of weeks you have been. Yeah. Go out there and just play footy. Go out there with no, hunger. No Cameron. No Guthrie's Cameron. suffering. Guthrie's playing poorly. Um, um, yeah. I know this, somehow. If, if ever there's a time. Yeah. It's home It's home for us as well. Now, it's at the G. And yeah. The week after. playing at the G. The week after we've got Collingwood. Definitely winnable, winnable. We're sure. North, winnable. Saints, winnable. potentially. And Gold Coast. Exactly. The, so the run good, home good, is... Yeah, very good run home. Is, so I think this week is going to be the test. Like you said, this week is going to be the test. Where if, if we can put up a contest this week, I think we still deserve finals. But if you get slaughtered by Geelong, don't even think about it. Like, even if you win the next four games, you're going to get knocked out in the first round of finals anyway. So you need to be able to put up a fight. And we've spoken about this all season mm. long in the podcast that teams like Port Adelaide tend to to shoot the bed against mm-hmm. um, massive teams and it doesn't matter if you go and beat all the bloody bottom eight teams because when you're going to come up against someone who's going to contest you is in finals yeah. so if you can't face those teams there's no point in taking one of those spots up well up. let's have a look at what's been the difference for the Blues the past two weeks 2-0 and oh. it's it hasn't been Sam Walsh because He's been, he's been doing this whole season. So it's not like he's added anything to the game that hasn't already been there. My two um, players... He's been doing this during the losses. Who have been massive. Dow and Silvani. Silvani has been huge. I'd, I'd even throw Kennedy in the equation. Yeah, there. you could throw Kennedy. He's I'll, been I'll, spectacular return spectacular return to form. Mm. Uh, very impressive for a guy who struggled to get a spot for a long time. Um, but yeah, as you can see, he, he's really put on, some, he's put on some, put up some big numbers. 27 touches in 14. 24 touches in round 15 and 22 touches in round 16. Ball magnet. Um, he, he's playing really well. And I've got a bit of inside info. School here. pressure, here. Yeah. Him, Dow, and Walsh. All live together. All live together. That's right. So I'm sure a bit of the Walshy firepower is rubbing off on the board. Well, if you have a look at the three of them, they all kicked a goal and all had over 22 touches on the weekend. That's right. So um, there, would have been, there would have been festivities. Mm. Yeah, um, no, there would have been down at the SB where we last saw them. In the household. Um, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if the SP is open at the moment. I think the SP is a red zone. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, because there was that case down there, wasn't there? Yeah, no, just the SB. So just inside the SB, that's it's a red, red zone. zone. The it's back room, supposedly, is for 14-day quarantine if you step inside the SB. No, sh- okay. Uh, unlucky. But no, if we keep going on that, Paddy Dow, right? 22 touches. It's what you want to see. He has been the... He's been the target for a lot of people who are angry at Carlton's list yep. management. Yep. And for the review who uh, for the review personnel who are looking at list management, they're now going to be like, oh, Paddy Dow, right? Top three draft pick. Yeah. Well, maybe now he's finally starting to show form. Um, and, you know, J- Jacob Wiedering is still probably... I-, I think at the moment he's showing he's the best one-on-one defender in the competition, I mm. think. I think there's a been a, a few comment. too many... Um, in terms of disposal efficiency, I think there's too many areas. There's a lot of kicking out on the full from a from really, from Jacob. Yeah, from a non-pressure position. That's fine. I I will take that. I I, I He's agree done that that's a few times. Possible. In but some really then you look moments. then you look at um the barometer of the team. Jack Silvani, right? Five and three. Carlton is when he plays. He is all heart. You know, he's the type of player who clearly hasn't earned a spot just because of his father's name. Mm. He genuinely deserves a spot. I would you know. He's the type of player that any AFL club could deal with because he's so he's all as I said he's all heart you know it's 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 balls on the line yeah body on the line we saw him do his shoulder earlier this year yeah. I think against Gold Coast something like that yeah. and he provides scoreboard pressure so he's, twice. Yeah. he's willing to put himself on the line for the sake of the club and that is not only motivating for the fans it's motivating for the other players on yeah. the field it works in the just same way just a quick word on uh, Darcy. Um, for Frio, uh, who put in one of the most dominant performances we've seen for a long time. It wasn't too dominant early. De Koning got a jump on him, but after that, it was one-way traffic. A goal, 20 touches, 40 hit-outs. Almost uh, notched the double ton on Supercoach, mm. um, but to no avail. But anyway, uh, Saturday night, the other game, Hawthorne-Port. Um, expected result look, not much to say here other than congratulations to Sean um, Burgoyne on 400 career games uh, you know titan of the game to play against his old club pretty poetic I'd say mm. um, I think he had a shot on goal would have been amazing if he kicked it but yes. I mean I reckon I'm, I think for Sean you know he's not like a boomer Harvey who got to 400 and really showed no signs of stopping I think Sean Burgoyne he's definitely on his way out Um it wasn't an amazingly dominant game, just the 11 touches and a behind. But, you know, I think he does wonders leadership-wise for the club. Yeah. I'm not I'm sure, sure he'll, he'll stick around in a coaching position. He'll definitely be... I, he'll definitely be a coaching... Uh, unless unless he's shy, which I don't think he is, I reckon he'll be a great... Um, he'll be a great leadership... Um, he'll be, it will fit into a leadership role for sure yeah. um, with his abundant experience, which is pretty much unparalleled. Yeah. Um, but, yeah... Hawthorne at the moment, they just need to get their stuff together. But they they were playing out of their league against Port Adelaide. Ollie Wines, 43 touches. They're not always damaging, but he's up there with Parrish and McRae for the ball magnets of the league. Um, Sunday Arvo. Probably the most surprising game of the round. Well, I mean... We, we didn't see this coming. Well, we, we both said that Sydney would win. We know that West Coast have had some traumatic experiences at GMHBA. They got pounced... Uh, got, they got pounded, sorry, um, by Geelong early this year by something like 90 points. But this was not Sydney's home ground. This was no one's home ground. It was a neutral venue. There's no excuse for West Coast to lose to an evenly ranked team on the ladder by yeah. 92 points. What, what the hell happened here? Uh, it's just West Coast is seventh on the ladder. Like, 
That's that's nuts. They started the round six again, not injured oh, anymore as well. They have their personnel back in. It, they, there's no reason they yeah. have their captain. Uh, I don't think West Coast in. are going to make finals. They have McGovern in. They don't deserve to make finals. No way. You can't have a team losing multiple games in a season by over ninety points and say they deserve to make finals. Mm-hmm. Right? These are pathetic performances. No heart. You know, for a team like Collingwood, um, I know I'm slightly biased, but for a team that's struggled all year and is well out of premiership contention now. They haven't lost by more, I think, than 30 points all year. Mm. So at least you can say, even when the backs are against the wall, they don't just give up and throw in the towel. West Coast throw in the towel. They can't they th- score. And they throw it far. Yeah, they, they, like, they can't score. I'm t- In the last two weeks, um, West Coast have scored less than 70 points all up. Yeah, well, that's, two that, that is just embarrassing. Like, How can you have... Talk about the, the, the trio of... Um, Rowan, Hawkins, and Cameron. The trio of Darling, Kennedy, and Allen kicked two goals, three on the weekend. So, I mean, it says it all right there. So this is Who's the, gonna kick the goals? Hawks' lowest score since 1990, I think Eagles. it was. Uh, Eagles. Sorry, Eagles. Um, yeah. yeah, Eagles' lowest score since 1990. Yeah, well, and it, it was one-way traffic. Sydney, Franklin is... I think they finally got it all together now. Like, they, everyone was working in sync. Their forward line, it was... If you just have a look at the stat sheet, I mean... Multiple goals to Wicks, Hayward, Dawson, Amati, yeah, Papley, Goulden, Heaney, and Franklin. So it's awesome to see that. Really, it's that's not what just your Franklin show. That's it's an all-round performance. Callum Mills is working his way into, I think, a future captaincy role there. Unbelievable, thirty-five touches, so dominant. Parker is still all class. Um, you know, he hasn't declined like a Cochin or anyone like that. Um, I mean, and he's a, he's he's still only twenty-eight. So I, I think I sometimes forget how old he is um, compared to some of the other players. But, you know, even Josh Kennedy at the age of 33, still having 22 touches, still being dominant across the field. But, um, you know, we know Sydney's got youth. I think they've, they've got a very bright future. But the problem is with Buddy on a, on a limited timeline being a finite resource, they need to get out of him as much as possible. Mm. This is how you do it. Um, but, yeah, West Coast will be begging to get their home game back this weekend. I think they're playing a home game. They are. Optus Stadium Monday night against North. So, need to get there. very glad. that They'll be very happy they're going back. But again, even if they win, they're not going back with much confidence because the grand final they played... And you know what? North aren't a pushover anymore. They're not. They're not. We'll they're get not to that in a second. But Collingwood St Kilda, um, Sunday afternoon, primetime television, channel 7, 320. Uh... 70% of the nation fell asleep to this. It was a very one-sided Proven game. sedative. Yep. I would actually listen to this Up over... Up until, I'd say, the fourth quarter, it was a very one-sided game. I would listen to this over the car map <laughs> at night. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's it's like gentle rain on a tin roof, this game. It yep. was impossible to watch. I couldn't even get passionate about it as a Collingwood supporter. It's boring as hell. St Kilda were all right, but not even that great. Um, the first quarter... I think was ni- I think ninety percent of play was played inside St Kilda's forward fifty for a grand total score of like um, I think something like the t- maybe nineteen to six I think in the first quarter it was, yeah. it's just like there's just nothing there it's going a on game. Um, really boring game uh, and again riddle me this why on earth the calling would go down fifty one points right and then lose by ten. So we're it's down. Crazy. You're down fifty-one points at the end of the third quarter, yeah. And then you put on forty straight points in garbage time when yeah. the game's over. 
Yeah. Like, what the hell's going on? And, you, you, you know, there were a couple of stiff umpiring decisions. Maybe the maybe Collingwood could have got their hands on it at the end and, and, and stolen it at the 11th hour, but that wouldn't even been deserved. No. Like, why do you... You don't deserve to win a game after you put three quarters of putrid footy up. So questions have got to be asked. Rob Harvey is not really doing wonders for his case yeah. as a permanent coach, yeah. right? You see these these debates about, and we'll get into a second, about who oh, who's going to be the next Collingwood coach. Imagine Rob Harvey sitting there being like, why is my name never mentioned? I'm the actual bloody coach. Yeah. Like, why can't I stay on? Well, he's screwed himself now, anyway. Well, he's not He's not doing much to motivate I mean, you lost troops. by nine points. It'd be interesting to sit, hear what he said at the final break. But yeah, still, don't let your team get down by that much. Jeez. Only positive signs for Collingwood are Degoe, who is is really starting to come into his own. Um, if he kicks straight, I don't know. He could be the Dustin Martin figure. Dusty took Dusty's career took off at around age 25, 26. Jordan Degoe is 25. So is he at the right club? Huh? For it? Is he at the right club for it? Yeah. I no uh, the thing is for Collingwood the, the the future is bright if they use it right. Nick Dacos coming in next year. Josh, Josh Dacos unfortunately yeah. did his finger on the week. He'll be out for 6 weeks, but add him in there on the wing. Add in Scott Pendlebury who's still good, right? Mm-hmm. Still side bottoms the the issue. Yeah. He's r- fallen off a cliff form-wise this year. 14 touches. His career either needs to be rejuvenated or, unfortunately, going to say, Sidey, well done, mate. Premiership player. Photo will be up in the in the ballroom, but off you go, on. mate. Yeah. Like, you know, go take a massive contract at Gold Coast in a leadership role up there or something. Yeah. You know, for or, him. Um, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Melbourne, be, Melbourne City, I think they're looking for extra. Perth Glories. Perth Glory. Perth Glory would... A lot of the, Craig Panisi would sign him up in a second. Frank, sorry. Panisi. Craig. <laughs> I don't know who Craig Panisi is, but anyway. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Collingwood just still no forward pressure whatsoever until the end. Um, you know, not getting much out of Cameron, who either kicks four goals or does nothing. Mason Cox kicked one goal with three minutes to go. Nice. Well done, Mace. Uh, Brody Majacek came alive in the fourth quarter but literally didn't touch it before then um, so a lot to be done but Jack Steele 14 tackles 36 disposals again in Brownlow conversation um, Tim Membry played a great game up forward and up back very versatile Paddy Ryder was better than Brody Grundy in the ruck contest again Grundy not doing much for me I don't know yeah I don't know about him I'm uh, not sure about that new haircut either well, I yeah. Final game. Poor Brody, Brody Grundy's probably sitting at home like nothing. I do is right. <laughs> like what? Like what can I possibly do? My hair, my freaking you know. He wins the Copeland Medal twice. Brown like contention. He cuts his hair. God, it's the mess. But anyway, the club's a mess. Dog, <laughs> thanks, mate. Uh, it is. Dogs and North. It's, it's, it's a genuine disaster at the moment. Um, Dogs North. Um, good game. Good game. Worth watching, actually. To yeah. be honest. Uh, which is not what you'd expect. I would have thought this would have been pretty if, boring. If this game clinical. was about seven rounds ago, I think it would have been a 100-point smashing. Well, it was a 100-point smashing about 10 rounds ago when they played each other last. Yeah, right. Good to see Josh Bruce didn't kick 47 goals this time. Correct. And um, it goes to show you how much North has improved. improved. Yeah, um, I think the confidence, the confidence level of the club's improved. Mm. The culture's probably improved. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's all up from here. For North. Cam Zerhard had a real slump in formula in the season, but he's kicked four goals. Um, Jack Zebel still flourishing in his role uncontested. Yeah. Um, in the back line, sort of just ordering it to play around. 
Taron Thomas, a goal in 24. That's what you want. Jai Simkin, Ben Cunnington, very dominant. Aaron Hall, even. My um, question is, did did the dogs rest anyone for this week? Um, oh, look, look the, the dogs are still, you know, they, they still won this comfortably. Yeah, even, they, even they though it was... foot off the pedal. Well, their no foot way. is off the pedal in the sense that they don't have their most dominant players in, you know? You look at... Um, the fact that Josh Dunkley and Adam Trelaw are yet to return to this team. Yeah. Um, after Dunkley was in Brownlow form and, and Trelaw had played a couple best on ground games. Um, you look at the fact that they've still got Eugle Hagen in the wings. They're going to have Sam Darcy come in next year as yeah. either a number one or two pick. I see the, the dogs have to be considered, I think, alongside Geelong and Brisbane as the favourites at the moment. Mm. The, All three teams would be disappointed. And would have reasons to be disappointed if they didn't win the premiership this year. Jamar, I don't know what, what his situation is. He didn't really play too well against um, North and the VFL. Um, and the Dogs just barely got over the line. They gave up a massive lead to North. I watched that game um, mm. on Sunday. Um, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. But what I was going to say is North, sitting on the bottom of the ladder, kicked the highest losing score for the round, mm. which is super, super positive for them. Um, again, they're, yeah. the, they're bottom of the ladder and they they, um, they kicked the highest score against the top team. So, yeah, uh, it was a great game to watch. Reasons to be hopeful. Again, yeah. with where they are on the ladder, yeah, correct. they will get a high draft pick and if they don't, they'll get compensation um, of some sort. So, you know, they, yeah, they might not get Dacos, they might not get Sam Darcy, but they'll find a way to get... Yeah. They'll, they'll get into the draft for sure. Um, and, you know, as we, as we know, they've got players coming in I think the future's bright for North, but you would hope so after they did bottom out the club. Let's let's yeah. acknowledge that. But, um, you yeah, know, interesting round of results, I think. Um, at this stage, though, I'm if you had to pick an all-round premiership favourite right now... Who would I go? Yeah. Um, I'd have to go Geelong. Still. Yeah. I don't I, trust I, Brisbane. I don't trust them. I, no, I don't Based trust Brisbane. Based on what they did last Yeah, year. no, you can't. I'm... I, I, I'm going to say Geelong as well, just, um, and that's if they can get healthy. So, yeah, there's plenty to come, but, you know, there's arguments for all three. All right, so we've looked at the on-field happenings of round 16. Now let's have a look at the off-field because arguably it's more interesting than the on-field sometimes at the moment because there's that much going on. Coaches, CEOs, footy bosses, COVID schedules, fixturing... It's all happening. It's all I'm sure. telling you, it's a soap opera. They need to do some sort of F1 drive to survive for mm, the AFL. Yeah, sure. They did the um, they did the Amazon making the mark um, documentary. Did you get but around? They to need to that? have. I watched bits and pieces. We might do a review of that, but we you need we need to. Oh, there needs to be some sort of filming. Talk about making money. Yeah. Find a way is. to this. This stuff will happen once in like the next seventy years. Imagine what you'd be look like, you know, growing up in forty years time watching these documentaries back of what it was like in the middle of the world's biggest pandemic ever. Yeah. Um, you know, how the how, AFL yeah, kept it going. Right, It'd be interesting. Yeah. But let's have a look at some of the coaching scandals. Big news, hot off the press. Uh must I believe you broke it actually. Broke the press. <laughs> no, you didn't break the press. You broke the news to you. You had the ex- to me, uh, yeah, I did which you'd gotten off Sam McClure and Tom Brown. That's anyway, right. So Sam Mitchell, uh, twenty twenty three, will be the coach of Hawthorne twenty twenty three. Now this is a momentous day in football for those for even if we don't realise it right now. This is a massive day for not only Hawthorne but for football. 
right? Alistair Clarkson has been the coach of the Hawthorne Football Club for over 15 years. Mm. The club's most successful coach ever, arguably, yeah. right? Four premierships, the most dominant team of the 21st century, right? And, you know, he's the institution he created has, has you know, there's been shockwaves that have rippled out as a result. Because if you look at what his personnel have done, right? Luke Beveridge, former assistant, I believe, of Alistair Clarkson, 2016 premiership coach, yeah. right? I think Adam Simpson was also a former um, assistant of Alistair Clarkson, 2018 yeah. premiership coach. Uh, Adam Uze, he's, I think, um, oh, not Adam Uze, there's another one. Brennan Bolton, I think. Yes, Brennan Bolton. Um, now, he didn't have success, but, you know, still got a job. So you see, you, job. pretty much anyone that works under Alistair Clarkson, whether it's, you know, the barista, um, whether it's his executive assistant. Um, they're all going to coach. They're all time. in the mix for a head coach job somewhere because they've touched Alistair Clarkson at some point. They've they've been in his presence. They've inhaled the oxygen or the CO2 he emits. And supposedly that's just filled with coaching and strategic gold. Um, but, you know, and it's the only thing that gets Caroline Wilson up in the morning, let me tell you, because... That's all I've heard out of her mouth for the past 10 weeks. Alistair Clarkson won't be coaching at Hawthorne, won't be coaching at Hawthorne. And ironically, she's actually right. Um, because he won't be coaching at Hawthorne. He'll see out his contract until um, next year. And then he will be he will be walking out and Sam Mitchell will be coming in. Now, I, I, there's a lot to go over here, right? Yeah. Right? Clarko's not done, right? He's just working with bare bones at the moment at the Hawthorne, mm. right? You're booting out a four-time premiership coach for a guy who hasn't had a senior coaching job before, hasn't even been a senior assistant it's a big before. Call. Like he hasn't even been a senior assistant. Three yeah. years ago, he was a player. Like three years ago, he was, was playing close. for West Coast, and I think maybe he had a coaching role at West Coast. Maybe I might be wrong about the senior assistant, but then he's been coaching out of Box Hill. I don't know whether this is whether it's been long enough, right? Yeah. You know, uh, look, yeah. This the 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 biggest example or compar- comparison we have between Alistair Clarkson and Sam Mitchell with the Alistair Clarkson and Sam Mitchell situation is Mick Malthouse and Nathan Buckley ten years ago at Collingwood. A succession plan, and a succession plan is when they unveil that what the 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 incumbent coach will be making way for a new one. I don't know. I just think it's it's a little bit questionable now. Sam Mitchell obviously has pulled out of the Collingwood race. Question is maybe they just need a refresher. Then maybe they're just looking for someone who they're just going to give a shot to someone who's a, 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 a very well respected mm. member of the club. Oh, for sure, and knows how the club operates. He look. He, I, I, I'm not debating the 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 addition of Sam Mitchell. I'm just debating the addition of Sam Mitchell so quickly. You know, 2023, Clarko. You know, they could have given him one more contract. And let Sam develop his craft, work as a senior assistant for a couple of years. Do you reckon Clarko wanted another contract? It's an interesting Maybe question. Not. All things we will never hear the answer to, likely. Yeah. But Clarko now is in an interesting position because his contract, his signature is going to be available in 2023. You actually reckon Clarko's going to stick around for another coaching? Well, it, he'll get paid by anyone. Yeah, anyone know, will take that's, him. That's the thing that I'm saying. Maybe he doesn't want to coach anymore. I, 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 I would very much disagree with that I, 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 oh, you, look here we don't sit at Alistair Clarkson's dinner table each night yeah, we know don't know but I think that there's still he, he's he's an ego guy mm. he's, he's got a big ego and for a good reason because he's the best coach of the 21st century There's he'll get a job offer from anyone there's he'll, no he'll way a, a club won't offer him and the offer he will get will be a lucrative one but then it opens the question 
what what will happen to Alistair Clarkson. We saw Mick Malthouse after he um, had Nathan Buck or he uh, and Bucks were involved in the succession plan. He went off to Carlton. Now, I'm not going to speak about what happened when he <laughs> went to Carlton, but I don't think the same thing would happen for Clarko. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm sure people would have said the same about the Blues with Malthouse. But it's an interesting it's an interesting position, right? The difference between Collingwood and Hawthorne is Collingwood, when they had their succession plan, were at, were, the, were the best team in the comp. Mm. Right? Hawthorne are the worst, arguably, team yeah. in the comp. So it's interesting how that's going to work. It might actually make more sense to have a successor come in when they're at their lowest yeah. and allow them to work their way up. But yeah. it's interesting. Work the club in your own way. Exactly. You know, mould it in your own image. But... Other issues, Steve Hocking, footy operations boss, has left after making about 47 different rule changes um, that we all Stand. have to keep up with every week. <laughs> um, the 666 rule, don't mind that one. Right? Did, yeah, Stand. Don't mind the 666 rule. It stops, it stops teams from just flooding the back line yeah. with three minutes to go. I agree with that one. The standing the mark rule is interesting. Still interesting. The kick-in rule is changed. He's added in... Um, He's reduced interchange rotations. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Right? That's always an interesting way. The arc has been a shambles ever since it was introduced. Scrap the MRP for the MRO, and we know how inconsistent that's been. And then the introduction of the medical sub uh, three minutes before the game of the first game of the season. Right? So, he has been very popular. Controversial. Um, he, he, oh, he's been a very controversial figure. But look, they always are. Right? Yeah. Just like politicians, they sort of play a political figure almost with the AFL. Right, they're brokers, they're power brokers, they're businessmen, yeah, um, and women. But I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, he's now off to Geelong to be CEO, first CEO uh, after the Brian Cook CEO left after twenty three years. Saying, uh, be interesting to see the new. They're saying Brad Scott maybe could fill this role. Really? Yep. So maybe he's out of the Collingwood race as well. Who is going to coach Collingwood? I'm no, happy to put my hand up <laughs> if anyone because that's that's an easy meal um, if anyone's interested. Uh, I have coached um, the nine C's. The the C's <laughs> the nine C's of St Kevin's Tennis Academy. Right? Yep, that's it. And let me tell you, we had a great record yeah. when we played. The Who have you coached? Oranges, Limon Air. Huh? Have I coached any teams? Yeah, I've played more of a spiritual role. I think in most. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I've yeah. coached yet because mostly I've been son, playing. I'll spirit out, man. But. Um, athletics I was a spiritual figure for the athletics department so if anyone's interested um, just knock on the door um, you're good at holding it. signs up I, that's actually yeah, yeah. another you great can come and hold, you can actually be the guy that holds up the names on the board for the players that's great Perfect. and that's an assistant coach figure and there's I think the median wage there is pretty solid yeah we're looking so. at about 400-500 bucks a year um, <laughs> okay David T David T uh, not Easy. a guy that earns 400 to 500 bucks a year um in or out in he's or in. out he's in for me he's in I think as a Carlton supporter yes he's in try and put your biases to one side no he's in I think the last two weeks have been uh, really positive if you lost the last out. two weeks yeah he's out right yeah, it's, so it's, it's, about, all, it's about performance. so it's about on field performances I, it's not all about them it's about his signing with Cripps it, it's about the bond he has with the players I think post game last week you saw him going around to every single player it was a hand it was a it was an embrace. He embraced every single player. It was a hearty handshake. Yeah, yeah, it was like, you know, one of those, you know, hey, go on, on you that, Yeah. He, well he seems like he's a friend of all the players, and I think the players have really warmed up to him. They'd be sad to see him go. I think they're playing from their hearts at the moment to keep him around the club. Um, yeah, and again, Cripper's signing is massive 
and um, I'm sure he's a big advocate advocate sorry for um, for David Teague mm. and you want to keep him around the club I think I think the thing is, thing is with Teague right now he knows that his job is on the line and that he's got a and then he has to be, he the, he has to rally the troops because if yeah. Carlton doesn't put wins on the board, but I'm sure the players know his jobs are on the line as well because exactly. there's a, 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 a review. It's but, a professional review. Well, great. I mean, everyone's jobs are on the line, really, yeah. apart from the players. So you know, whether it's staff behind the scenes, and even if Teague stays around, I think the thing is though, there will be repercussions. People will go. Heads will fall. Heads yeah. will roll. Um, Heads will roll. Correct, it, because the, there's no way you call a professional review of a football club and then it's like, yeah, right, uh, review complete, uh, all clear, <laughs> keep going, doing good, doing, doing good job. <laughs> no way it happens. So yeah. someone's head's going to roll out of this, and if it's not Teague, it's going to be other personnel, and that can still have repercussions. Now, quickly, if we just flick through tips, just one by one, Port Adelaide, Melbourne, your tip? Port Adelaide. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say Port Adelaide, Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Um, they're on that streak. Melbourne's a mess at the moment offensively. Essendon, Adelaide. I don't know how this got the Friday night slot over no, some of the other games. Bulldogs and Swans, for me, should have been a shoe-in for that. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Um, Gil McLaughlin clearly doesn't care about my fixturing preferences. No, no, he doesn't. Um, no. Essendon, Adelaide. Essendon. Clear winners. Really? Good form. They're in good form. Yep, yeah. at Marvel Stadium. Yeah, they haven't been crap. Essendon, yep, they Still with Darcy. Hey, you know what? My, uh, I'm going to say they're less crap than Adelaide. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Brilliant. Grammar. Uh, Hawthorne Freo at the University of Tasmania Stadium. Oh. Freo haven't been bad, but um, I think Hawks will just get over. I'd say Freo, off the back of a very disappointing performance against Carlton, may actually be like, may get shanked by Justin Longmuir if they don't win this match. So. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I reckon these boys, Caleb Sarong and Co, are sleeping with their eyes open, at, with yeah, one true. eye open at the moment. Yeah. They can't lose this match. Um, if they do, that will put them. They do need to win a, it. That this will put them back in the eight potentially. Uh, so they have to win. It's make or break. You don't get many chances like this. Carlton Geelong. 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 We discussed that already. Brisbane St Kilda um, Saturday night. Yeah. That'll be, a, that'll be a win for the Brisbane. St Kilda will put up a fight. Yeah, though. I'm sure they've they will. kept both Collingwood and, and Richmond to, Richmond to minimum points. GWS and Gold Coast. We said both said that's going to go the way for GWS. Yeah, I'd say so. But um, I'm sure Gold Coast will put up a fight. Well, so, you'd hope we're so. Yet to know that where that's that been they could played, put up a fight for more than one week. Yes, we are yet to know and that's it, as well as the it, um, Brisbane St Kilda. You game. never know that could uh, influence the way the game is played um, heavily. But next game, Dogs Sydney. Um, I'm so I, I will be watching this. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I ah, uh, I'd say the the dogs will get over it, get over them just because the uh, uh, just because of the home advantage. That's right. the only thing. I think both these teams are crazy. But if Buddy cracks on to a, a good yeah. game, then you, Sydney are too good offensively. So so, how's the SCG uh, lineup against Marvel? Is it a similar? It's SCG is quite tight, isn't it? It's small. It's compact. I don't think they're going to suffer. as The wings badly. are really small. Yeah, the wings are tiny. I'm pretty sure at, at the SCG compared and, to the Melbourne stadiums right. where it's a, where they're a bit bigger. It's not as big as the G. Not as oval like. No way. Yeah. As the G, but um, you know, not a lot of teams like playing there. But the yeah. Dogs are one of them. Yeah. So that makes I think that you know what I'm going to say Sydney. I'm going to say Sydney this week. All right. Just as a. You like to be a bit different. A bit yeah, I do. I do. You're yeah, sort I do. of on the fence type. Of I do. Thing. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're a carpenter. Yeah. Um, Richmond, Collingwood, um, 4-10, Sunday Arvo. 
I think the Tigers. We'll just quickly, how, how on earth have we gotten to the point where this the game between the two biggest teams that's, in the that's land crazy. on a Sunday afternoon at 4.10pm, that is... Both both clubs in. Look, I don't think a Sunday. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's a disaster. I think a Sunday is the type of game that everyone can make it to. So yeah, but that they but they haven't even got the three twenty slot. Yeah, they got the four ten slot. That's the twilight game that usually gets played between Frio and GWS. You've been shafted completely. Uh, Colling would win this one for me, just because Richmond lost to Gold Coast last week. Sorry, Um, West Coast, North Melbourne, West Coast will win this. Back on home, they are dominant, even if yeah, true, true even true, if true. they had over struggles. But you know, I no, I don't think North will go down without a fight. I think they'll be in it. But West Coast for me, big laz. Yeah, um, yeah, plan to look through, but we'll let the forty do the talking. Join us next week on, on the Premiership Quarter. Quarter.